0: mm <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode number 27 of the Flytrap Podcast. My name is Christian. Make sure to hit that like button and subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. On today's episode, I interview a fellow Longhorn, Vikram Chatterjee. Vikram was a fun person to have on the podcast and I really appreciate him being patient with me since I was having some connectivity issues. Vikram is the VP for JW Entertainment. JW Entertainment is a food media production company known for their main talent, Joshua Wiseman who is an influential food blogger, author, advocate, and YouTuber. And you may have seen his videos on YouTube or TikTok of him making some delicious food. A big congratulations to them. At the time of the recording, they hit 7 million subscribers on YouTube. Anyways, that's it for me. I hope you all enjoy the episode. Welcome to uh, the Flytrap Podcast. My name is Christian. It's great having you on. Um, Before we get started, um, I was doing a little snooping on your social media. I saw that you're a fantasy football fan.
1: Um, Are you playing this year? I am doing pretty horrible in fantasy this year. I won (laughs) last year. I I was playing for, like, since I was in seventh grade. Never won. Finally won last year. I got, like, Austin Eckler carried my team. I got a signed jersey. Just got the jersey frame in. And that's last year. This year, um, we finally got enough people at work to make a work fantasy football league. And I'm one in five. Oh, man. (laughs) It's such a good team. I'm just really, like... I have like a thousand points against me right now. Worst schedule in the league. I'm sure like everyone at work is just like, that's just nonsense. But yeah, uh, this year,
0: I, uh, fantasy, I would say it's a pretty tough year. There's a lot of injuries yeah. and then a lot of players that you wouldn't expect to be kind of have a crappy season this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Same here. Like for me, it's I've been playing since middle school. And um, I think this is probably like the best year I've done. And I'm hoping I haven't won yet, but I'm hoping this is the year just the league is always so competitive um but yeah i yeah I, i'm going crazy like i'm in three different leagues right now so <laughs> but i can't, yeah. like, can only imagine i'm in like um,
1: four and then like did some like underdog fantasy ones like best ball stuff and just all around i'm just like not doing well so <laughs> it like is what it is it's okay
0: i saw that you're from chicago are you uh are you a bears fan
1: i am a bears fan yeah i'm no, nice. uh i'm like a not so much like, a, like I'm a half Bears, half Cowboys fan. That sounds Oh, weird. man. But, uh, yeah, I know. But I have, so basically, like, yeah, Chicago, born and raised. So obviously you grew up with the Bears. Uh, and then I've just had family in Texas my whole life and come down every Thanksgiving. So when you go to the Cowboys games every Thanksgiving, it's hard to not, like, you know, be into the Cowboys a bit. But, you know, it is what it is. Both teams are all right. Um, but, yeah, just –
0: I, the only reason why I asked is cuz I so I saw you from Chicago and I'm I'm a Bears fan as well. Oh, yeah. Um born and raised in Texas, can never I can never root for the Cowboys. I think it's like one of the worst fan base. And I only say that cuz my family is all Cowboys fans. Wow. Um and I'm actually going to the Cowboys and Bears game this weekend. Nice. Um but yeah, so I'm hoping, you know, they they win. But anyways, um so I want to talk to you about you know, your career that you've had. I mean, we both graduated 2020. You were an RTF major. Um, all, I've always said that I'm always jealous of the RTF majors because they've had the coolest classes. Um, have had a couple of friends in that program. But um, how did you get started? What How did you get into the RTF program? Have you always been interested in uh, yeah. you know, social media, film?
1: Yeah, so uh, really it started, um, honestly, as early as like seventh grade, maybe even earlier. I think, I mean, a- any filmmaker you meet will be like, when I got my first camera, like I do. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I got my first camera, I think, when I was like eight. And, you know, I was, I was pretty interested in it. What really set me over, though, was um, we had to do like this book report in seventh grade. And you just had to make a PowerPoint, basically. But you kind of had to like tell the story of this book report while you're doing it. Um, and I was like sitting with my dad and we got an iMac and I was just like, oh, this is like super cool. It was like editing uh, stuff like that, because like before that, at that time, it was pretty much just like you have your like giant family computer. And then um, you can't really like do much on that creatively. Like you can play like you can use like Microsoft Word and stuff like that and, you know, play all your games. But um, nothing really like not really a machine to do anything like that. So um, started, you know, after I did that book report, I was like, pretty into it. But then I started like I got iMovie. And there's something called like iMovie Plus, And I was just like going through and I like really I would see YouTube videos of like someone doing like a fireball or something, or like just right. like yeah, I was like into like Call of Duty too. So like you'd see like a Call of Duty in real life, or like if you're into like Minecraft, like Minecraft in real life, and you're like, oh, I wanna do that. So you look up all these VFX tutorials and you're like, cool, I just wanna do that. But then you then I got more into it and I was like, I want to make like a story. And so I rounded up my brother. And we just make, there's like hundreds of like just really bad like <laughs> home movies on, on that Mac somewhere. Um, but like, so we just like every day, we just make something, make something, make something, didn't script anything and just like went for it. I was like, all right, you're going to go over there. Uh, I'm going to be over here. Now you record me and we just made something out of it. And that's how we spent most of our childhood. Um, when I was in middle school, um, I was just like, you know, I want to be the best, at this I can be. And then when it was like eighth grade, obviously like there's only two years of middle school, but pretty much like everyone knew like that's the film kid. That's the guy that makes the cool movies. And then I was like, okay, now I got to go to high school. And like, I didn't know anyone in my high school. I went to like just completely new people. Right. And But in that moment I was like, that's going to be my goal again. Like that was pretty cool. That's like, you know, I played like football. I played uh, soccer. I played all sorts of sports, but I was never like the best one at it. But that was the first thing I was like, Oh, you know what? I'm like the best at this. Not to say i'm the best at anything now but in that moment, <laughs> i was like you know i want to be the best person in like this high school um, and and like at, at filmmaking i want to be that guy and you know i had a really supportive teacher in in high school there's um i can go into a million reasons why like you know supportive teachers will foster like a great environment for students and um really help them succeed but this teacher was pretty much like immediately he knew like okay like i'm gonna leave you to your devices I just need you to make like this many movies by the end of the year. And we're going to enter in a film fest. So I had a creative Liberty and I just like got a camera, got my friend. This
0: and- was a, uh, in high school,
1: in high school. Yeah. And um, yeah. So I just started doing that more and more and more. And then I entered film festivals and things just started really taking off. I made it to the all American high school film festival um, in, gosh, what was it? 2016. I won Best Director in the Midwest um, from the National Academy of uh, Television Arts and Sciences, which is the Emmys. Um, Right. So that was kind of the moment. I had the passion to do that already for the rest of my life. But really, when those things started falling into place, I was going to more film festivals and then realizing like, oh, shoot, I could actually do this. Then I was like, I'm going to pursue this in college because I mean, I'd always been like working with my dad to be like, what should I do? Like, I like this, Ooh, of but course. is this a sustainable, you know, like lifestyle? Like, I just don't know if I'm going to be starving artists or what. So, um, you know, I was like, I oh, maybe I'll do business. I'm not sure, but my family was always really supportive and I just, uh, went into film at UT and, uh, just went from there. I mean, there's a lot I could say about UT. Um, there, I pretty much went in, um, with the mindset of like, I don't know what I want to be. I don't know what I want to do. I just want like <laughs> yeah, to make movies. I mean, yeah, the college experience. And uh, I went in not knowing, you know, I like RTF was a big, um, big umbrella. You could really go any path mm-hmm. there, uh, which at the same time didn't really comfort me because I was like, you know, I just want to, if I want to be director, I have to choose a path. If I want to be an editor, I have to choose a path. Or I have to choose a certain amount of classes and it'd be hard to spread myself thin without, really focusing into one thing. Um, and funny enough, the first two years, I didn't touch a camera whatsoever uh, at college. And that was a big setback, I think, for me, uh, because I had to just do like, I swear, at a point, I was going to Italian school, because you had to do a foreign language. And I did like, two and a half years of just Italian. So just yeah, I, took, a, I that. took
0: Spanish. And I mean, I I thought like going into college, like not like to take away from that. But uh, I thought going to college, like I wasn't going to have to take any like language courses. And then I took Spanish all through like high school and middle school. Uh, and, and I'm normally like my family, like they I've grown up with them, like speaking Spanish to me and everything. And I would just respond in English. But as soon as I got to like UT and started taking the courses there, I was like just always pulling my hair out with those language yeah. courses.
1: Gosh. Yeah. It was rough. Cause I mean, I was looking at Spanish too, but I was like three semesters. Like I I, I, I can't <laughs> do that. I have to do like less. But then those classes were like three hours lo- long and I needed like um, like a science, but I was never good at like geology or like, I guess geology, but like uh, biology and physics and stuff. So I took astronomy and I just like, I was like very much like filling that stuff out. Yeah. Um, the... A longer story to that that I'll make short is that basically my advisor didn't set me up right and I was really behind. So I had to do some, I did summer classes every single summer I was at oh, UT to get back on track. And that's actually the reason I graduated early. So long story short, um, I pretty much was making up those classes, trying to get into film classes. And only in my senior, I guess the end of my junior year, um, did I really get into a class I wanted to be in. And um, I did like 3D. Uh, it was like 3D animation and modeling. Not my c- preferred path, but UT was also not that great at like getting you into the classes you want. I really want the yeah, they, class. I would you
0: say know, like... I, there were so many classes that like were available, and then like by the time you get to like be able to register for them, like yeah. they're already closed, and you're like, well, this is the only class that's open. So and it fills a requirement. So I I don't even think it relates to anything that I want to do. But oh well, screw it.
1: Yeah, um, I took I took advertising and marketing like four times. Like <laughs> I didn't take an editing class or or anything once. Um, but basically, I I was like cool. Like I'm done with those two years. I'm ready. I'm going to take all these classes like that. Actually, are like, I'm going to do editing and directing and cinematography and really get into it. And then COVID happened and mm. I didn't get to do any of that. And so it was just like, get in your, get in your room, like do, you know, these online classes and just power through it. And so that first semester, it's a bit hazy now because now it's been a couple of years, but um, you know, that first semester, it was very much just like, I can't go out and do things. I need to, I'm just going to do all these like online classes, but I can't be in a workshop, like holding a camera stuff. It's, it was all, all very like, um, disconnected. And then the second semester of that was I did UTLA, but UTLA wasn't open. And so that whole semester was also online. Um, however, I started working with Josh to just go back a bit, um, January of 2020. Um, okay. And so we, I basically, I don't know if you ever heard of like the cage, but the cage was our, um, you only started seeing it towards the end. It started to like to pick up towards like my sophomore year. Um, but people would post job postings on there. And I just saw, I was like looking for a job. I just worked at one of the West campus apartment buildings. And that was the most draining experience of my life. (laughs) When someone was like, Hey, it's the guy from the apartment building. I was like, no, I'm done. Like, I'm not going to be the guy from the apartment building um but i
0: were you just you know editing all their uh i guess social media content what were you doing for no so uh, the the
1: thing with that is i i had only had one job before that and so i was like you know what if i'm gonna like go out to the field in like two years like i need some work experience and it was literally like front desk like reception like Mm. you're gonna sell people leases but i mean the setup was really bad it was like if you sell someone a $13,000 at so you get $10 and you're like, yeah, $10 yeah. ten dollars <laughs> an hour and
0: something better than nothing, I guess. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I, I lived at the apartment building. So it was just like, okay, go down the elevator for your shift, sit there for eight hours, go up. Um, but you know, you do that for like a full year, it gets really exhausting, especially when you haven't touched a camera in two years and you have this passion to like tell stories and be a filmmaker. And so Were you uh,
0: still working on projects uh, on the side?
1: Yeah, some, somewhat. It was, um, you know, wherever I could get work. So that's where I was using the cage because, you know, they'd be like, oh, tennis professional needs like a video. And you're like, okay, cool, I'll go out there for like 400 bucks and do something. Or like, um, you know, like we're doing a research video. Like, can you edit this? And you're like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll do that. Um, but it was a lot of like unpaid jobs, which is why I took like that bigger one. Um, mm-hmm. But Josh's brother um, posted a job posting on the cage that just said, I just saw Chef needs studio manager, and it was like accounting, videography, and like a couple other random odd mm-hmm. tasks. And I was like, you yeah, know, this sounds more fun than like um, what I'm doing now. And so, you know, I replied to that, and I had been watching this guy on YouTube um, with the most like cinematic shots of like pigs in a blanket, and like I saw like a katsu video pop up, and I was like, starting to get into cooking. And then I get this email and it's like Joshua Wiseman uh, or whatever the email was at the time. And I was like, what? What? I, I remember that name. And so I, I'm looking that up and I'm like, Oh, this is the dude I've been watching. And I remember <laughs> he was saying like in a video, he's like, you know, like I'm trying to have more taste testers in Austin. It's kind of weird doing it by myself. And I was thinking before I saw this, I was like, man, like I live in Austin. I should see if I can like email him and like be in this. Cause like, I'm pretty into his content. And I always thought that was very like authentic. It felt like, this is just a dude making food mm-hmm. and like I'm learning it very easily. Um, and I'd always wanted to cook, but I never like really got into it. Um, but I had, I'd been like picking up things here and there, just kind of have like the average person will see it. He's like, okay, cool. Like this is a cool video and you watch it. Um, but you know, he gave me a call and I was like, Oh shoot, this is the guy. And um, I'd say later if we get into like, you know, what makes a good prospective like I guess uh, candidate for a job, Um, he saw my reel and that was the biggest thing for him because he, he didn't look at my resume. He didn't look at anything. He just watched my work. And at that point, the work spoke for itself. And he was Mm -hmm. like, Hey, like, you know, I know you applied for the studio manager job, but I think you'd fit really well as a videographer. I'm going to be shooting. Like, I forget what it was. I think it was like Panda Express orange chicken or something. And he was like, uh, I'm going to do that. Um, can you come in to, um, just hold the camera basically and we'll see where that goes. And so I came in, uh, it was actually his 1 million subscriber special and I just held the camera for that. And then from there on onwards, it was like, okay, cool. This is working out. So, you know, I went from holding, this is this like condensed story. There's like a long period of, no, know,
0: go like, ahead. I'm, I'm free. I love to but, hear uh, it. So.
1: But, uh, I'll go into the long one after this condensed one. So basically long story short, went from holding a camera to, Hey, like you should hold another camera while I operate this one. So then we had a two, three camera set up because we mm. had one on a tripod then, hey, you should, do uh, you want to edit this? Um, hey, like, let's bring on another person. And then he was like, hey, I'm going to Houston. And I was like, oh, okay, like, all right, I guess this was great. Like, this is fun. And you're still uh, going... You know, I'm still in school okay. like, and stuff like that. So I'm like, I guess like, that's it. And, you know, I'd wanted to go into um, sports uh, videography. I started working with Texas Athletics around the same mm-hmm. time, just like as an internship. Nothing paid, but like, just being on a football field and like filming is like just so sick. Um, I want to do that. And so I had applied for an internship with the Rams and that was also going at the same time. And I had this decision to make because things were going really well with Josh and the interviews were going well with the Rams. And it was like, these are two like very good, like fun things I want to do. And at a certain point, like, you know, Josh was like, you know what, like move out with me, come to Houston. And I was like, Oh man, can I make that work? Luckily, because I had been doing all of those um, summer classes online, I actually started to get ahead of my degree Mm. um, instead of just back on track. And so I was like, okay, if I don't fail a single class, I can't drop any and I need to take on like, I forget what the standard was. If it was like 15 hours, I had to do 18 hours for the last two semesters. And I was like, okay, I just got to, I'll do that. And so every weekend for an entire three months, I drove from Austin to Houston and back every i drove on friday stayed two days came back sunday went to school um i mean i did school online but like Mm -hmm. i just went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and then eventually in my in that la semester um in the fall i just completely moved out to houston um my wife who's my girlfriend at the time just took a gamble with me and she's like all right we're going to we're going to houston so
0: that's awesome to have that that support
1: yeah yeah, so it was uh it was great. Um yeah, so I mean with the Rams thing, I was like, you know, I can live this life in Houston or I can go to LA how I've always dreamed it. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, like this is calling to me. This is the right decision. And you know, I picked Josh over the Rams and I don't regret that decision. Like
0: I feel like was the deciding factor to decide to go with Joshua and over the Rams.
1: Yeah. So Really what it came down to is I felt my work making an immediate impact when I started. There's um, like the traditional path of being like a filmmaker is even what they tell you in school is you are going to be at the bottom of the food chain. You're going to go to L.A. or You're going to go to New York. Those are your options. And you're going to be a production assistant. You're going to work in a mailroom for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Then maybe you'll get a shot. And then you know, see where you go from there. You can squeeze your way into an an editing position somewhere, maybe assistant edit and log files for someone and, you know, see where that goes. But no one in college was ever like, you're going to like be at the top of the company. Even when we had like, you know, guests come in, they'd be like, all right, well, good luck. Like our mail room has applications. Like, you know, we'll see if you fit (laughs) in. And that traditional media was just a very like beat down, like you're not going to get in. And that's kind of like, what would have happened if I went to LA, I'd have to commute like 45 minutes. I'd be at the bottom of the whole thing. Whereas immediately when I started working with Josh and I was, i everything that I did immediately mattered. The camera I was holding made it into the final cut. That was like millions of people were watching the edits. I was doing millions of people were watching the stuff. I was in millions of people were watching mm-hmm. And it's not only about like, you know, people watching, Like when people are in the comments saying, I learned so much, or I took, I really enjoyed this. You're getting immediate feedback instant, like just instantly. And it's just like, this is something that I made people happy about. This is what I made people think about. And so that feeling to me is just unbeatable to even to this day, I'm like, you know, however much it's scaled. Like I still, you know, read all the comments. I still like kind of obsess over like, you know, how, how do people feel about this whole thing? Um, because I, I like truly care about that interaction. I care how Mm. my content is affecting people. Um, and so like, that's why it was an easy choice for me. I was like, you know, I, I matter, uh, what I do is, is making a difference. And also the growth was insane. The, the missing point I made is that, you know, I started with Josh in January and we were in, um, at a, we were hitting a million by the time I had to make that decision, we were already at 2 million. And so we were at like two point, like something like the moving out to Houston was the two million special. And then by the time we got to Houston and we were there for like a couple months, like it was a three million special. And so that thing was just like climbing, 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 climbing. And I had kind of solidified a place where I was like, just kind of like in, in the flow of it, in the trenches of it. And it was just going, uh, it was a nonstop train.
0: Okay. So as you, as you were saying, about to hit three million subs.
1: Yeah. So we were about to hit three, three million subs and it just kind of became a moving train. I, get, I kept evolving my role doing more and more things. You know, there was a point where, you know, Josh had a two camera setup. It was the main camera and like this wide camera. And I was like, what if I just hold the camera off to the side? Mm-hmm. We had a third angle in and I'll figure out how to edit it and stuff like that. But Then that was something where we're like, okay, shoot, we've like elevated the production of this whole thing by like a lot now. And I was like, what if I shoot in like slow motion? And then we started shooting... Our B roll, while we were shooting, which saved him a lot of time. But we started doing little things here and here and there, and we just kind of became like this unit. Like at first, mm-hmm. you know, like Josh was kind of like this, uh, like I guess he was like this micro celebrity to me. I was like, the, like I don't like this guy's bigger than anything I've seen before. And like so, when I met him, I was like, you know, nervous. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> like you know, I'm here to hold the camera. And we'll see how this goes. But we started to really become a team just going through it like day by day, by day, by day, um, you know, and we, you know, became really good friends off the bat. Mm-hmm. But then as we kept going, we were like, we saw the merge. Cause I, you know, I had like a business minor. I had like this background, Josh had a, you know, he, he's a bit about Josh is like, you know, he obviously is very much like in the culinary world, but he's a great business mind as well. So we both were just clicking, firing all cylinders. We're like, we have to do this, we have to do this great idea, great idea. I don't like that idea. And then we just go, 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 go. And just like click. So very
0: collaborative, right? And
1: It was very collaborative. And we were, when it was, like, when COVID started, we said, we had all these plans to, like, go out to, like, Montana and go around, like, to Maine and go crab fishing and do all these, like, crazy things. And then we were just like, okay, shoot. Like, we can't do any of that. What do people need? And we're like, you know, like, store-bought bread is off the uh, shelves. Like, let's make store-bought bread uh, at home. Like, let's Mm -hmm. make all these guys for people at home. And that was a perfect storm with COVID because – you know, everyone's home, everyone's like, oh, I need to like cook for once. And then there we were at the exact perfect time to be like, hey, like, we're gonna help you cook. And you know, as more people got, were going inside, more people were watching and it just kind of exploded. So by the time it was like the next year, like January of the next year, we were already at like 5 million or something like that, or like really close to me, we had 4 million. And then later that year, we hit 5. But um, yeah, it just it just kept rolling. It was uh, it was unstoppable.
0: And I, I mean, I just saw that you guys just hit seven million. Um, I mean, it was was today today, yeah. right? Yeah, like
1: last night, today, this morning. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's so. Awesome. So going back to what you were saying, um, you know, like about being fulfilled, you know, with the content that you're putting out. Do you feel like you put a lot of pressure on yourself to develop like the best content? And 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 is there like a point where like you? put out content you feel like you, like it didn't measure up to what you wanted.
1: Yeah. You know, that's actually, that's a very interesting point because that is kind of what we're going through right now, but kind of getting out of. So, you know, when it's something works for years, I'd always, you know, I've taken the business classes, but also known that like, if you mm-hmm. don't evolve as a company, you're going to, you're going to sink. Um, and, you know, so that's kind of what they preach. There's the best uh, case study is Kodak. Um, right. you know, they, <laughs> they were like, making film and stuff like that. they didn't want to go digital they were left behind and now you know they're they got like sold to the government and they're making medicines or whatever so like they they never evolved they're stuck in their ways and that's what happened mm-hmm. it's, but it's the same thing with every business you need to evolve to move forward and so like you know we were like oh yeah we're evolving like we're moving to a new kitchen and we got a new place in LA and all this kind of stuff but like at the end of the day it's like you know you can these are all tried and true like evergreen videos so like you know like. If it's a tech YouTuber and he makes an iPhone 14 video, what happens when the iPhone 15 comes out? No one's watching the iPhone 14 video. But if you're making like Shepherd's Pie, Shepherd's Pie is always gonna be Shepherd's Pie. So we're building this enormous back catalog of footage um, and, and videos and content and stuff like that. And it's like stacking up. And we're doing eight uploads uh, a month. And we had a very set system of, you know, we're gonna film three times a week and we're gonna upload twice a week. And so that way we always have one left over for the next week. And so we just keep building and building and we'll be. We'll eventually get weeks, months ahead. And at its prime, we were like, not that it's not as prime now, but like at its like prime of efficiency, um, we were just like, go, like we'd shoot our three, we'd send it off. um, Either to like a freelancer or like, I, you know, I was editing it. Josh was editing it at a certain point. We were like, let's try some people out. Some Mm -hmm. people didn't work. It's hard to like find people with, uh, to just like do an immediate turnaround with the exact content you want and the style you want. But then we were like, you know what, let's build an in-house team. And we started building an in-house team. Um but yeah, we were just like firing all cylinders. And you know, our team has been through many changes. We've added people, people have gone, um, and we have a very, very good team now, very talented team that's completely built out. But at the same rate, like the content, you know, at, at the end of the day, like it starts to get repetitive and so right. he recently august is a very interesting month because people are going back to school mm-hmm. people are um you know coming back from vacation like going you know going um there's a lot of people just not on youtube it's um statistically like just a, a rough month even mr beast um you know he, his video that got 35 million views was his lowest performing video in that month and so we went through like a slew of those it was my wedding at the same time and it was just like man like we're getting hammered like all of you guys are like we have a ranking system. I'm not sure how much you know about the YouTube ranking system, but basically
0: No, that I'm I'm starting to learn a lot of like the the intricate yeah parts about YouTube and trying to do a little bit more research of everything that goes into it, like the analytics and trying yeah. to figure all that stuff out. So a lot of stuff is new to me.
1: Yeah, to, to make it easy, the ranking system is uh, either your like best tool or your worst enemy because Best tool, meaning you can see your video compared to your last 10 and how it performs. So, you know, like if I do, um, you know, McDonald's fries, for example, that's probably something that's going to be like ranking number one, because like McDonald's Mm. is super popular. Um, You know, uh, it's just, you know, that that's going to perform well. However, when it doesn't, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's a surefire going to be our number one attempt, and it's like an eight, then you're like, shoot, like, you know, we were banking on this many views. It's actually at this.
0: So we we're talking about the, the you know, the, the analytics and like the ranking yes, system.
1: Yes, um, yes. Um, So yeah, you, basically like, you know, you see all your videos ranked up against your last 10. So, you know, you always want your next video to be better than your last. Mm-hmm. But then if you have like, you know, a one out of 10, a four out of 10, a two out of 10, and then you just have like three, eight out of 10s in a row, you're like, man, like we are like tanking right now. Like this, this sucks because you're used to being like better and better. And obviously as you get more and more subscribers, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. more viewers, more viewers. And then suddenly we're back in this position and this literally happened like last week, we're suddenly in a position where like our viewership is like how it was when we had like, you know, 6 million subscribers. And we're like, well, or sorry, because we just hit seven, like when we had five and we're like, man, like what's going on. But we started to realize that like, you know, we, we kind of hit an autopilot. Like there's, there's a new market. There's new editing style. That's kind of like, you know, people are getting more into. um, And we kind of are, we're feeling really comfortable in what we're doing because, you know, we have, um you know a team that we've trained up for a couple of months like it's a years at this point like we have our systems running it's hard to adapt hard to make a change but we kind of had to just hit the what's tough about youtube is you can't hit the pause button it's not like traditional tv where you're like well after the season is over we'll take a break we'll reset and then we'll go back into the next season right it's like it's always going like no matter what it's not going to stop you need to upload those two videos a week to be consistent on youtube and otherwise your viewership is going to drop even more there's more penalties for not uploading basically rather than just being like oh I'll take some extra time on this one um, you pretty much have to hit those deadlines and so we're kind of in a point where we're like oh we need to develop new concepts like but we have all these ones like we have the next ed- the best points are when we have the entire next month completely done like the edits are done we're filmed like we just have to work on the month after that but when you're like a month ahead and you're not performing you're like shoot like we filmed like eight videos What do we do with those? And so we scrapped all those videos. Mm -hmm. And then we were like, we need to go back to the drawing board. And so we're trying to lead more from, um, you know, more of a storytelling angle now, um, because we started to realize while it is very successful to be like, you know, here's this good recipe and, you know, we're just going to take you through it. Most people on YouTube, number one, their attention span is a lot shorter because of TikTok now. So you need to make it snappier. But also the other thing of it is, you know you do a certain amount of dishes a million times over it's like you know we need something new we need something exciting to spice it up so like you know you can only do fried chicken so many times you can only do like noodle dishes so many times like you know once you hit all the top ones then it's like number one people are getting bored and they're trying for a new like style and at the same rate you're like i have this whole month of like stuff we thought you guys were gonna like and like no one's liking it really not to say no one likes it but like you know, it'll still get like half a million to mm-hmm. a million views, but you know, where we want to be, it's not good enough really. So we need to, we kind of were just like, we can settle for all of these eight out of 10, seven out of 10s and just push it out and just put content out, put content just learn out, it,
0: keep learning but, and evolving as you go. Right. Yeah.
1: But we're going to just put ourselves in a hole here and like people are going to get bored. Like we're going to be bored and we always want to satisfy ourselves. So that's kind of where we're like, we need to take a step back and just do something else. So we recently went through that pivot, and uh, we have some exciting stuff coming out because of it. But yeah,
0: well, is the audience pretty vocal about like if they don't like a video for you guys? Because I mean, yeah, everyone reads a YouTube comment, and you know, there's a lot of trolls on there. But for for you guys, um,
1: yeah, but yeah, will they Josh- tell
0: you when you have a bad video.
1: Yeah, Josh is uh, pretty under the microscope. His whole brand is based off you know, refinement and being the like top culinary guy. It's like, you know, this isn't just an average home cook. This is a guy that was a chef. Like he needs to know what he's doing. It needs to be perfect. And so, you know, like you'll miss here and there on, on some stuff. You know, we have to put out eight videos a month, you know, and we're filming three times a week. If we use the wrong chili pepper, we're going to get 500 comments about it being like, <laughs> I do the, the research. This is culturally insensitive for, not, it's not that dramatic, but it, sometimes it's like, you know, like, you know, this rice specifically wasn't used in this part of this region. And now you've offended, like, all the people from that region. And you're like, no, like, we just wanted to make a cool, like, guy. Something you that
0: you them. weren't even thinking about, though, they'll bring yeah, up. Yeah,
1: because we have, like, a million moving parts, you know, for every dish. You know, say we make five items. Of those five items, there's, like, 50 things that go into each one. And, like, it's only Josh and, like, one other culinary guy keeping track of that. And then on my end, it's me filming it, taking that go, we have a lead editor now, but for a while it was just me, you know, lead editing. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, we, we have to pass to the editing team and they need to get it out as fast as possible. And so, you know, those things we miss on sometimes, but you know, the, the people that have something to say, you know, will speak louder than, you know, the people that don't. And so, you know, you can have like, it seems pretty loud, but you know, you'll have a million views, but then you have 400 negative comments. You're like, you know, you'll be thinking about the 400 negative comments, over <laughs> like the 40,000 likes on the video. So, right. uh, you know, it's, it's best not to try and get it, let it get to you, but you know, you'll notice a trend. If someone's just like, Oh, I hated this. I hate you, Josh. Then you're like, all right, there's nothing I can do about it. like control. 400 yeah. people are like, you know, that's the wrong like dumpling wrapper. You're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 My bad. But, um, you know, we always try and take the feedback and, and see what people like. And we opened a discord recently and just today we were between two thumbnails and we we're like, Hey, like which one are you guys going to click? And they were like, I was thinking the other one and everyone was like, Hey, the other one. And you know, the video performed well. So we got, um, you know, our, our three out of 10 video today, which felt pretty good, but yeah, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of analytics. There's a mm-hmm. lot of conversations. There's a million decisions that go into making, a YouTube channel sustainable, but at the same rate, it's like, you still want to make stuff you want to make, and you know, you can't just like bend it um, to the will of like, you know, like the masses, you know, we could we could easily do McDonald's every day, and we mm-hmm. know that'll get like, you know, good viewership, but at a certain rate, we're like, this isn't what we want to do, we want to push the boundaries of food entertainment, we want to be the best we can be in this space, and that that isn't in the plan, we need to make good like quality content that people
0: right. watch. So, so one thing I, I wanted to ask you, so I was, you know, when I was going through Josh's, uh, YouTube channel, mm-hmm. saw one of like the first videos that he ever uploaded was, you know, his journey of, I, I guess it was a uh, weight loss and making right. a cookbook of, of uh, healthy foods, I guess right now, um, you know, with everyone being so like health conscious and, you know, thinking about what they put in their bodies and like my personal, uh, like what I've been doing is like right now I've been focused on foods that are like healthy for um for the gut. Like going back to like your audience being vocal, do you feel like there's like I know that like sometimes you guys will put like fried food and stuff on there. Do like your audience? I mean, they, do they go after you if you know if you make a video that's not healthy? Um, yeah,
1: yeah. There are people. There are people on every video. Uh, you know, the the thing is that food everyone eats, everyone Mm -hmm. is attached to food in some way, you know, it's not like, you know, some people can be into it and it's a niche. It's interesting because like, it's a niche on YouTube, but like in, in reality, it's the biggest thing that there could possibly be, no matter what you do, who you are, like how old, how young, like you got to eat food and food is the core of your life. So, you know, people will want certain things and, you know, we, we try to make what the most people want, but at the same time, it's like, what do we want to do? What's going to perform? We could do like, you know, if someone's like, hey, can you do this dish from this region? It's like, yeah, that'd be cool to do. But at the same time, like maybe, you know, only that region really enjoys the food. Um, Healthy foods we do like to do. Um, It doesn't perform as well, but that's not to say that we don't want to do them. Um, We just need to put a better angle on it, really. We have some really good ones planned um, for kind of like that season where people do want to – to be like lose the weight like new year's resolutions right. and right like that so we're, we're gearing up for it and we feel pretty good about the ideas we have uh for it but um yeah i mean i i also think though like you know if, if you're just doing fried food all the time it's an issue and so we always like have our when we have our meetings at the beginning of the month and we plan on our uploads we're like we'll also as a team and be like yeah that's too much like or that <laughs> the lean back on this or we need to put more of this in here you know we'll if we do like pizza followed by a burger usually we won't do that we we had to this month uh just because of some up, like of up all these pivots but um basically like we'll always be like okay this is the right balance this is how people like are going to be satisfied with the content because if we do it this order it's just going to be like week after week after week of just like unhealthy garbage that like some people like and they will get views but also it's not very beneficial for the people that we're trying to help here
0: yeah, I, like, I've noticed like when I like scroll through TikTok, you know, like the people will make like the unhealthy foods or people will make the healthy foods. And a lot of the times it just seems like people get really pissed off when, you know, someone posts like a like, I guess, unhealthy food video. Mm. Um, but anyways, so going back to your team, how big is your team? And I mean, like how like invested is the entire team into, you know, chugging along this machine?
1: Yeah, yeah it's uh it's it's a um pretty small team but it's growing so basically we had me and josh at first then we brought on uh an extra camera guy and another assistant to that um and then they both left uh a year ago so basically like we had built up like and we had a good flow it was like the four of us and we had this good flow and then that kind of just like broke apart and we was just me and josh again and we it was just me josh nobody else five million subscribers and two videos to put out that week, and we were like, "Oh shoot!" And so that was like a reset <laughs> button. And so we brought in uh, Ulysses, who's our assistant. We brought in um, my friend Kevin, who went to UT. Um, we were roommates, and I, he was like, "You know, like I'm in LA," um, and I was like, "Dude, like come work with us! Like let's have a good time! Like I'm enjoying this!" Like and he had hung out with Josh here and there, and he was like, "You know what? Like I will join." And now he's our—he's a, a producer. He's um, you know in charge of the TikToks and short form now. Um, And he's also editing. And now we have um, Kendrick, who's on camera, he was the first hire of that new batch. Um, We have a lot of people to name, uh, mainly our lead editor Maya deserves like the biggest shout out of it all. She's very good at the part that I don't like is when you I mean, when it's just me editing, I'm like, okay, cool, this is the project, I'm going to make my own internal timeline and know what I need to do. But to be, it's very difficult to be like, I have six people that I need to assign footage to. Right. And edits and manage all of that while also developing and also shooting. I've shot every single video. There hasn't been anyone to fill in for me on that. So I have to do that three times a week. And so when I'm doing that three times a week, I can't be like making the schedules for everyone. So she's, she came in, she's great at making the schedules, sending it out to everyone, knowing who needs what footage. And then everyone kind of just reports to her. And then we get the stuff like passed through to me. And then I review it and then that's pretty much good to go. But we we have like 10 people between managers and camera operators and editors, but pretty much everyone's a jack of all trades. Um, some people specialize in certain things like Maya is very locked in on editing, but at the same rate, she's also very good at uh, scheduling and being like uh, the post-production supervisor at the same point. Um, all our camera guys edit as well. So uh, it's a good like hybrid kind of thing uh, we got going on. But yeah, that's that's kind of what the team's like. So
0: do you feel like, you know, as your team has grown, um, do you think that like at first, like maybe like quality has like, if like the more people you add, um, has like quality been an issue, like quality control been an issue for you?
1: Yeah, we, um, Maya is kind of the reason why it hasn't been, um, basically she's been able to take the, before when I had to train people, it was like, there is a quality issues because like, if I'm training people, I can't be on camera doing it as well as new, mm-hmm. because I'm spending all my time doing that, or I need to, I have to spend less time on editing because I'm training people, but now we're adding people as we go and she's able to train them. And I take up some slack off her, et cetera. Um, what's interesting though, is we never have enough people because as we get more busy, we add on more people to fill the need, but then we get more busy and then we add on more people and then we get more busy and it just keeps cycling. We have three full-time editors, two f- part three part-time editors including me because like part-time filming part-time editing mm-hmm. um and it still doesn't feel like enough there's still like we have <laughs> all these all this new, and especially now like all this would sort have of worked great for the original flow we had of like how we were doing content but now we need to evolve and now it's like okay now we all have to do content we've never done before and editing styles we've never done before and so now everyone's like okay we got to figure this out together so um yeah it never does feel like enough but uh, we have a great team behind us. It wouldn't be possible to do what we're doing without this many talented people um, all together. So we feel great about it.
0: You know, as busy as you are, do you feel like you have a like a good work life balance? I know that's a big thing for a lot of yeah. people. And I, I It seems that, you know, a lot of people want to go and, you know, start doing YouTube or work for a YouTuber or influencer. But, you know, just speaking to you, I, I realize that like a lot of people don't realize, you know, the amount of time you probably have to put in and the amount of effort yeah. you have to put in.
1: Yeah, so I will say that my work-life balance used to be better. Um, right now, <laughs> I've been promoted to the vice president of the company. So it's no longer just like, you know, the, it stops once you've turned your edit in or you've stopped once you, you know, have filmed this thing. It's like you're still managing people around the clock. You're still managing the bigger picture of what's going up, how much revenue, et cetera. Like how much do we need to make? Who do we need to hire? Um, you know, one-on-one meetings with people. So now I'm, I'm on top of doing cinematography and editing and developing all the projects. I'm also now on the business side, more involved before. It was kind of like a split and it's like, all right, I don't have to deal with any of the business stuff now I'm put into that YouTube, not only YouTube, but digital media is what you put into it. Um, you get out what you put into it. And so like, it's fine to be a staff editor. If you want to be a, you know, work for a YouTube channel, it's fine to go in, you know, get your tasks and uh, you know, turn your edits in and that's it. And you go have your weekend and you know, that is what it is. Um, but the way that I'm operating is and, and Josh as well. Josh works a hundred hours a week. He sleeps with me four hours a week and Jesus. the rest of the time he's going to go. <laughs> but at the same rate, he doesn't mind it. He's like, this is what I'm willing to like, commit my life to this is what I'm ready to die for. Like he is very much like, you know, as straight as it gets on, on his goals and what he wants to do. Um and you know, I've I've shared the same sentiments since I've joined. So, you know, there's a lot of commitment you got to put yourself into. Um, you know, I was filming like on my like in the morning before my wedding day, uh or morning of my wedding day, we were filming something because we were in Chicago. We we're like, oh we well, gotta finish okay I have my wedding now. Um but
0: not, <laughs> and did, did, not, not to not to uh did that so sit well with your wife?
1: You know, I I wasn't seeing her anyway that day, so like <laughs> it's kind of like we like we'll t- we'll have our wedding later and we'll be fine. But you know, it didn't really affect anything, so we're good. I was just like, okay, like weddings at five, I'll just go for two hours, then we'll do this. But um, you know, it's it's tough because yeah, like there is the other side of it. You know, if I was single, it's it's one thing. Um, you know, because it's like, all right, I can like come back at eleven o'clock and I can go to work at 7am and, you know, just go through it. But, you know, there's also a relationship to maintain at the same rate. And I feel like my work has kind of just become my life at the same rate, but there's so much I get out of it at the same, at the same time. I don't have a problem with it. It becomes stressful. Sure. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, you're like, ah, like, especially when you're looking at the analytics and the analytics are down and you know, you're, you feel like you've put in so much work into it and so much time And it's not only just your work time, it's your personal time that you've put into it now and it's not doing well. But then when it succeeds, it's just the greatest feeling in the world. Um, But, you know, like that's kind of just the commitment that you need to have. Obviously, there's as systems develop and and things can get more like there's obviously you want to like delegate to people. And that's why Mm -hmm. we have the team. I couldn't handle all of that by myself, but I take on what I can handle and a bit more. And I, I see a result based off of it. If I wasn't seeing a result and I was just throwing stuff at a wall and it wasn't sticking, I'd have a huge problem with my work life balance. But, you know, I put in the extra work and we get the extra views. I put in the extra work and we get, um, you know, either recognition or, or we get to help that many more people. There was a, we recently did a festival um, and that was like a, you go in at 10 in the morning and you're not done till, midnight because you have to work this entire festival. But that whole thing was for charity and we're helping people. And that's the right. kind of thing where you're like, you know, like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how I feel because whatever I'm putting into this, there's a lot of pressure just, you know, for, for the viewers that you need to hit this video that we're making um, unreleased right now, but basically we were donating a, a dollar for every meal we served there. And awesome. not only was it that money that's going to help those people, but the millions of people watching are going to see that. And so now it's just me, a camera, Josh, and like, you know, another camera guy. And we're like, we need to make this the greatest story we've ever told so we can help these people out. And then you have that pressure and you're like, I'm going to sweat. I'm going to be tired. I'm not going to get sleep because this is bigger than me. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. And you kind of set that aside sometimes, but it is obviously important to take care of yourself. And we do have those times to take care of ourselves. You know, we still get like our Thanksgiving breaks and, and stuff like that, but, You know, there's a lot, a lot of work that goes into just keeping it up and running. And you know, sometimes you know, you'll see YouTube comments that are just like, "I hate you anyway." you're just like, (laughs) like, I'm giving my all for you, but um, you know, it is what it is. It's it's in the trade, but it's very nice to, um, you know, go around. I was at. I was just like in LA and I decided Mm -hmm. to go to the chargers game by myself. And like three people walked up to me and they're like, Oh my gosh, I love your videos. And I'm just like, I did not expect (laughs) anyone recognized (laughs) in
0: (laughs) public. Okay. There we go. (laughs)
1: Um, but yeah, I just like got recognized at this game and like, they're like, Oh, you know, like you really helped me start cooking. I started cooking for my mom. I started cooking for my grandma and you're just like, Oh, like awesome. Like, and it's cool because like, you know, I'm, I'm in Houston. My life is get up, go to work. Hang out with like a couple friends, get up, go to work, hang out with a couple friends, and that's that's it. I'm hanging out with like my coworkers too, because like when I moved to Houston, right. it's just me and my wife, and now it's uh, you know, now I actually have friends here. But for two years, it was just me and Josh. I'd go to work, see Josh come home, hang out with my wife, go to and repeat, repeat, and those are all the people I'm interacting with. And then we like do a pop up, and like 4,000 people show up, like last second, and you just have these wow. like all <laughs> these people lining up for the food and like just talking to you and be like, oh, I love like what you guys are doing, like keep it up. And you're just like, this is so much bigger than I could ever expect. I like, you know, I, I still don't get recognized as much as Josh, obviously, but like, I go out with Josh and like, no matter where we are, like we'll be in like Denver, we'll be in New York. And just like one person, every time we step outside, is like, Hey, Josh, and you're just like, Whoa, like this is a lot bigger than we thought it was. Like, and I just forget how big 7 million. Does it, does it
0: scare you when people start to like recognize you in public? And is that like a weird thing?
1: I, it, I think I was targeted at my old apartment. I like someone recognized me, and then my car got keyed, and all sorts of oh stuff. Oh
0: man,
1: that's a that's a whole it's like conspiracy theory. I got. <laughs> I'm with recognizing cameras. me when it's not where I live. But outside of that, it's it's cool. I really like meeting people. I really like seeing that. That's the thing that it goes back to. You know, had I chosen that like Rams mm-hmm. gig, or if I if I had gotten to the traditional film industry. My, it's not about like even the recogniz- recogn- recognizability or recognition. It's like I'm, I couldn't help as many people. That's kind of all I've wanted to do, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in any capacity, whether it be, um, you know, charitable, whether it be like making a, a, you know, a story about something that truly matters or, or you know, helping people cook and maybe now even doing both. Um, I've always just wanted to do that. And so when I get to see the direct effect of like, hey, like, you know, I was able to cook my, um I've, I've gotten this story of like my grandmother passed away and now I know how to cook a recipe and then you guys have taught me how to do stuff and now I've like really helped my family out and it's just like a lot of little things you don't expect because you know you could be like oh yeah people are just like cooking them you know eat but like there's so many different stories that come out of it that you just would never know because like it's just so many people you're affecting so um, I wouldn't trade it for the world it's it's a very very fun fun time.
0: That's awesome. It it seems to me like, you know, you, you feel seem really fulfilled with what you're doing, like you said. And I, I think like people are our age, you know, when, you know, they're deciding to do what they want to do, they're always in the back of their mind, they're thinking, can I do this for 20 years? Like, I don't want to have a job where it's, I go to work and the tasks are so mundane. It's just like, Oh my God, I'm going to smash my head on the table. Like, but for you, like, do you see yourself doing this like career long, but of course, like evolving in this yeah. space?
1: Yeah, you know, there's like, we, we've always thought that the, that the, it doesn't stop at YouTube. We always have, we've always had bigger ambitions, you know, like getting a show and like, you know, making, opening a restaurant and there's just so much ways to go. And, you know, I just really want to build it out into the biggest thing it could be. Josh, from the get-go is like, I want to make the biggest uh, food product, media production company that exists. And, you mm-hmm. know, I was very much like why not? Like, let's do it. And we're doing it. And so, you know, we're on the path and things change and things evolve and and stuff like that. And you always have to like, keep your head on a swivel for it. But like, you know, it's nothing I can't handle. And it's something that I feel like that I can, I can do well, you know? And I I think like, you know, a lot of people can do it. It's like the commitment that you need to have for it, you know, like, um, obviously like when when it comes to YouTube, you need to make things that people care about, you know, The, the underlying thing is, does if you want a million views is what you're making something that a million people care about um is this a story that a million people want to hear and that's kind of how we've rooted it now it's like you know we're not going to do a recipe that like you know no one really cares about but like what's something that could be really beneficial for a lot of people um and that's kind of how we'll do that or like what's entertaining to a million people or more we're even shooting now where we're like what can 10 million people enjoy and stuff like that so um yeah, that's kind of where it's gone. I forgot your original question, but that's where I ended up. with. No, no, no,
0: that was a perfect answer. I mean, going back to like wanting to make like the biggest like food production company, like do you feel like, I mean, going like to trend traditional media, like with the Food Network, do you feel like, you know, those guys are your biggest competitors or more so it's like other food influencers or YouTubers?
1: Yeah, what we've tried to do for a while is just kind of put our blinders on and not really see what other people are doing in the space. Like, mm-hmm. keep, a, keep a tab here. But like, you know, there, there becomes a point where like, you know, people will copy each other. People will be like comparing each other to the other person. And then if you're doing that, your audience is doing that. We're kind of like we want to be the best we can be just as true to ourselves. The funny thing about Food Network is that that whole thing on traditional media is completely dying. And this is the mm-hmm. interesting part. So, what I learned from the get-go, my, like, third week, I was making, like, an ad for Samsung, like, with working with Josh. And, like, by my sixth week, I was making content for Netflix, working with Josh. Yeah. And, like, we're just, like not, like, not stuff that goes up on Netflix yet, but, like, I was working with these brands. The thing is that they, the money that they can spend on YouTube goes so much further than they can in traditional media. It's going to fall into more eyes, there's trackable links, there's more analytics. And so all these big brands are moving to the digital space. That's why you'll see like, oh, why is there this like bounty paper towel ad on my TikTok? You know, like, but you know, like our generation in mass is watching TikToks and they're getting like 30 million views. Imagine if you have an ad right or before or after those 30 million. And so all these brands are flocking to the internet and that's where it's at these traditional media companies aren't getting the funding anymore, whether it be just cable TV, whether it be food network, whether it be, um, you know, anything in that realm, everyone is trying to move online. You know, you like, for example, you'll see like movie stars too. They're starting YouTube channels because they're like, Oh, I could like, do this now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's interesting. Cause like, sometimes it doesn't work. You can't, sometimes it's hard. It's very difficult from to go from YouTube to like, you know, a traditional media, but for some reason, it's even harder to go from traditional media to digital because everyone just expects you to be like that. So like Will Smith, I think he has a, a fair amount of subscribers, but there are other celebrities that move over. And it's like, all right, you have like 200,000 subscribers on this and like, no one's really watching your video. So it's an interesting transition. Yeah. But-
0: I've noticed you know?
1: that. But yeah, I mean like traditional media is dwindling um, mainly because of all these companies just pulling towards digital media. And that's something that I found, especially to like be super sustainable because I'm like, what am I going to do? Leave this and go to traditional media. Number one, like, I'm prepared as a statement to do this, like till I die, basically like what I am passionate about. This is where I want to be. This is like what I am living for now. And I don't see myself going anywhere else. I want to evolve it. I want to take it to the highest potential it could be and beyond. Um, But stuff like traditional media, like number one, it starts, I mean, with the process, right? Like there are people like us that are like, we have all these ambitions and, and stuff like that to, to make things that matter and they're just stuffing us in mail rooms and like being production assistants while all the old people are like, it needs to be the way it's always been. Yeah. Because it's always the way it's always been, you know, the numbers dwindle stuff like that. And then you just have like less and less advertisers moving that way. And then less money's going that way. But now you'll see like brand deals everywhere on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram and like the viewership they get our monthly viewership is more than what Food Network can get in a year at this point like it's like
0: that's insane yeah
1: so like it's just insane numbers like it's it's hard to really quantify what traditional media can do at this point
0: yeah I I, uh when I was at UT I took a class like influencer marketing and like one thing that I learned there is like a lot of these like companies instead of going with like big name celebrities, they're going with all these influencers because they see that you know they've built an actual community, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it. A lot of their content resonates with the audience, um, and so I, I definitely can see where that you know the traditional media is dying. Like you know, no one. A lot of people, like, for example, like the news, people don't go and watch the news. They rather go watch like an influencer cover the news. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. it's it just, it's interesting to see, like, kind of the, uh, like, I mean, probably in the past 10 years, the transition of like, and the more prevalent like social media has been in our lives and we've grown up with it, like how content has evolved.
1: Yeah. The, like, it's really interesting because like the, it's such a big shift and everyone will like like it the numbers just aren't there the numbers Mm -hmm. just aren't there for for like all these traditional media people but like the other thing is like youtube and like TikTok and all this kind of stuff has always been built to be personally driven it's been built to be like i really like watching this person and so i'm gonna like subscribe to them you know you're not really subscribing for you're subscribing for the content and what you can get out of the content but main story is you're subscribing for the people and so if you're already like locked in with these people in the community, it's going to be so much easier to receive an ad or something like that um, for, for these advertisers. But basically I went to this YouTube convention and they just talked about this for like an hour to a board of advertisers and just the numbers they were showing was like this like gigantic number, this gigantic number, this gigantic number. And then this is where TV is right now. <laughs> you just see all the advertisers being like, man, like you guys are right. Like we, this is, is not sustainable to be on TV. Plus like, I mean, just think about it. Like how many people do you know have cable right now? Like compared to like all their streaming stuff. Yeah.
0: I, I don't have cable. I have Netflix, Hulu, HBO. I have all the, pretty much all the streaming services and I I don't watch TV. I just watch whatever comes out on those like Netflix and everything like that.
1: Yeah. The only reason I might have cable is to like watch football, but like, yeah, I have like YouTube TV (laughs) and like, I'm just, I, that's the only thing I click and then I'm like, all right, there's my whatever month, uh, monthly subscription, I, I guess. But like the rest of the time I'm consuming anything is on like YouTube or, or TikTok or Instagram or something like that. And, I mean, I don't even think it's an 18 to 24 thing. I think a lot of people like my mom is like serially on Instagram reels, and she'll just be sending me Instagram reels. And I haven't seen her turn on the TV once in the past couple of years to like see anything. She's like,
0: yeah, I mean, that same thing with my mom, I would say she's probably more on Instagram than I am sending me reels throughout the whole day. Yeah. And I mean, I don't go on Instagram and like look at reels. I'm if anything, I prefer like YouTube shorts, but yeah. I mean like all day she'll send me like a reel. And it's always like that's all like my DMs are filled. It's just like reels, people just sending reels with yeah. uh, me. Um yeah, I, I I I don't I don't like feel the see the need to like watch like T V. Like like you said, like I have YouTube TV as well and it's just to watch football or sports and that's yeah. it.
1: Yeah, I mean like that that's it. And then also when you're watching TV, like you're not gonna stick around for the ads. If you're watching TV, you might have recorded something, you'll skip past it, or like he was like, all right, I'm gonna like go on my phone and watch TikToks like while the ads are going (laughs) or something. Like, I mean that's just how it is. But yeah.
0: So being, you know, within this space, you've obviously, you know, learned a lot and it seems you know you've been everywhere. Um, what is I guess the biggest message you can give to everybody that's trying to, you know, start a YouTube channel or you know work in the space. All right. There we go. Can you hear me? Yeah, I
1: can hear you. I'm about to send you this picture. My camera just let go of the white balance and I was just blue for no reason. I had to like go in and fix that. We're good. Um yeah, so I heard I heard your question. Um yeah, this is this is the big thing. Um my biggest advice to give people looking to enter the space. Well first looking to enter the space, but then also like when you're in the space There are so many jobs that Mm -hmm. no one knows about. If I had known this going in, my perspective of college would have been completely different. There are every creator I've met, whether it be Cody Co, whether it be like, um, you know, Noel or just, I mean, like whoever, they are always looking to add people to their team. And if you're talented and you can handle something like that, and if you're a jack of all trades, like if you go in, and you're kind of the same makeup of like, I can, I can direct and I can edit, or not even direct. It's mm-hmm. like, I can film a video and I can edit a video. Like, there you go. Like you just send an email to whoever you want to work with and just shoot, shoot it out there. Like shoot your shot. And like, there'll probably be a job because like every creator I've met at any given point is like, man, like I'm looking to add to our team. We um, met with Nigel, who's uncle Roger on YouTube and you know, we were having dinner with him and this guy's like huge. He gets like 4 million views a video. And he's like, you know, like your team's crazy. Like, how'd you build it out and, and, and stuff like that? And like, how do you, how do you do what you do? And we're just like, well, I mean, like started with me, but like also like, you know, it's just the hybrid, like, you know, I can do this and this, but he was just like, yeah, like I just like to find anyone. Like I've been looking for a while. I just can't find anyone. And like, I don't know where to look even. And we're just like, oh, I mean like try like Facebook, try like, right. <laughs> like, you know, like I, you're bound to some, find someone, but like, that's the thing you need, you can't just like apply on like, indeed or something like that to like this type of field you need to like you know act like i don't think a dm would work Would try and find like a manager's email or something because like you know we'll go to our managers and be like hey we need help can you like help us find some people and and stuff like that so that's the first part there's so many jobs in this industry also the most valuable person you could be in the industry is to be a jack of all trades to be able to do like all these different things but like a lot of these creators are looking for editors as well
0: um you don't feel like i mean like, it, it just seems like the same thing with like job postings, right? Like, you know, go on LinkedIn and there's, you see like 200 applicants. Is that like, I mean, is that yeah, the, so the
1: other, the other part of that is, so we were looking for an editor. We had a thousand applicants. It was very easy to decline a lot of them for a very simple reason. And it's because they didn't include any work or they didn't include mm. anything. It doesn't matter if you go to USC and it, and this is me speaking from I, me hiring people. Like I've had to like people on our team, like I've like made the decision to hire them. It doesn't matter if you've gone a USC, NYU, like all these film schools or anything like that. Even if you do your work, if it's good, it's good. If it's not, it's not, if it, you know? So like, if I get an applicant that's like, Hey, I never went to college, but like, here's my work and it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen that I'm like, perfect. Like, you know, come in, let's do an interview or like, Hey, I cut this uh, edit. Um, you know, I don't, even know where most of our crew went to school like I just never looked at their resume like that I just right. at their work and I'm like you're talented come on let's try it out wow you're doing great um, you know our lead editor like I just don't know that part but I know that you know as soon as she was in the interview she was like then this is what impressed me the most she was like this is your formula and this is your style without me even I had already written a like Bible on how to do it basically but she was like you start the hook and you do it for this many seconds then you go into your intro then you have your description section for this many seconds then you have your recipe section and it goes like this and you have these elements in it and then it all wraps around to this tasting and then you go to the b-roll and then you go to the outro and i'm just sitting there like you just told me that 100 (laughs) accurately there's no way you're not going to be a superstar at this like you know i'm going to send you some stuff for like a week we'll try it out and then i'm sure it's going to be totally fine and you know like you try some people and it doesn't work out but you try other people and they're just stars at it but like You know, I was always told, like, make sure your resume looks good. Make sure it's up to par and stuff like that. But in this field, and I can't say, this obviously doesn't apply to, like, if you want to be, like, an engineer or doctor. Mm, Yeah, that's another beast. (laughs) Yeah, that's another beast, and I have no advice for that. However, where I can speak on advice is in this field. Like, not traditional media, but digital media. Your work speaks for yourself. And if you have, you know, you're going to a great film school or you're going to a great school in general and you don't have anything to show for it, just make some stuff, put on, put it on the resume, put it on the reel, like, wow, people really like, you know, we got a lot of clips of just like people in their iPhone in the park. And it's like, listen, like, I understand you have a passion for this, but at the same rate, like we need to make videos for millions of people. And we need you to like be on it. We need some good, evidence, yeah. some good camera people. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, the work speaks for itself. but if you like reach out to someone and you're like, Hey, here's my work. I'd love to like work with you or discuss working with you and your work is actually that good, then they're going to email you back. That's just like, I mean, unless they just don't see it, but like, you know, your your chances are higher than none. And then, you know, even if it's good and they're not hiring, they're going to be like, I'm going to look for that guy. Like next time that guy or girl, like next time I'm hiring or I'm going to put them on the short list. And I mean, it's really been every single creator I've worked with have asked for like, Hey, do you have anyone, you know, or like, do you have any uh, recommendations or like, I have like this guy, what do you think of this guy? And you're just like, Oh yeah, like this guy's good. And you just watch the content and, content just speaks for itself really when you're trying to look for a job in this, in this space.
0: I'm glad you brought up about like, you know, it doesn't matter what school you went to. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, one of my buddies uh, so he was like a soci- sociology uh, major at That's UT, right. right? Mm-hmm. Met him randomly in a class, uh, like an advertising class. Wow. And then he said, he just one day, like I well, COVID happened and he lost his job and he was already kind of like already filming mm-hmm. and he just started, like, a marketing and advertising, like, company in Austin. And, you know, I asked him, like, where did you learn how to, like, edit? He's like, YouTube University. Everything you can learn how to edit is on there. Yeah. And he, you know, what he's done in, like, the past two years, like, he's killing it. And he still says to this day, like, YouTube helped me out to learn to edit. He's like, I didn't go to – I didn't take all these classes to learn to edit.
1: yeah. I never learned how to edit in college. I never learned how to edit in high school either. I never did like, I mean, I, I kind of came in, I was like, I can do it. And then I just did it, but it was dedicating myself to, I mean, it's the, it's the same kind of thing. Like Josh on his end, he didn't go to culinary school either. He, he learned by practicing. He learned through, through practicing the techniques, reading books, going on YouTube, et cetera, and and just went from there. And that's what we're trying to do for people. Um, But at the same rate, like, you know, the same, same for this side of it on the, pre, on the post, on the post-production side and production side, it's like the most experience and the most helpful experience I got was actually doing it. Um, I like, can't say that I'm like, Oh, because I went to college and because I went to film school, I can do what I can do. I can do what I do because I learned it all on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I sat, watched tutorials, made my own short films, edited that, like just kept learning and learning and learning.
0: there you go. I'll, I won't keep you uh, much longer. No
1: worries. No worries. Um, but yeah, I just I just learned everything from YouTube and I still do. You know, if there's some cool technique I want to learn, I'm like, okay, how do I do this part of it? And I'll just piece it together based off experience. But the best experience you can get is actually by just doing it. I don't think it's by classes. I don't think it's by reading a textbook. I think it's just physically doing it over and over. And the only reason I can flow the way I do now is because at this point I've been holding a camera like every day for the past couple of years. Like, and mm-hmm. I just, I know like I can move thing. There's so many things to move on the camera. Like food is so much different than shooting people. Like shooting people, you can just put an autofocus on them. And that's that shooting food is like, okay, that sauce is going behind that thing. I need to lock the focus, turn the focus, lock on the thing behind it, let that flow and then pull to the back. And in my mind, I'm just like, like with the buttons, I'm just like,
0: like, just like <laughs> I'm just like moving, moving. It's already, uh, what is it called uh, muscle memory at muscle point. memory?
1: Yeah. And, but that happens with your mind too, like editing, um, you know, developing, et cetera. Like the more and more you do it, it, it operates the same way. You just kind of get in the flow. And there are things that would take me a month back in the day. I could, I could do it in like five days now, uh, or something that would take a week. I can do it in an hour now. So it's just really experience, And I think it goes past like just what we're talking about here. I think in all fields, the more experience you have, the better you're going to be at it. Like practice makes perfect. The, age old saying but yeah i mean that's pretty much
0: of course so i I have to ask because you said you know food is different from filming people um you know how like in traditional advertising like you know when you see like burger king or mcdonald's whenever you see the the food on the menu Mm -hmm. and it's that food doesn't look that way and it's a lot of like you know um cosmetic things that they do to the food Mm -hmm. um i I mean i don't know if you can have you guys ever done that before? No. (laughs) And and you know what? I'm
1: I'm proud to say we've never done that. And that's the cool part. It's, it actually looks like that. We, we had, it was interesting. We were doing our photo shoot for the cookbook and they were like, Oh, you don't want to like use like real like tomatoes here. You, we can just use these prop ones. They're like, you don't have to use real ice cubes. We can use this like synthetic thing. And we're just like, why wouldn't you like, (laughs) well, like it's easier. And we're just like, no, like we'll make ice cubes or like we'll salt tomatoes or we'll cut it and like the thing is like Josh no matter how hard he tries he can't make food that looks bad. Like he'll he can just eyes closed or not looking he'll look at me and he'll chop garlic and just be like this it's the thinnest slices you've ever seen and that's what happens when you can merge like natural talent on that side and then what I can do with the camera and that's how we're able to put together this combination where it's like this food looks good because he can style it insanely and it always looks good. We don't need a food producer to like move the sesame seeds or anything or like put a fake bun in and i can just hold the camera and be like all right we're good all right let's get another shot all right we're that's good awesome. <laughs> it's cool it's cool and i think that's very prideful um it's, it's a big source of pride that like you know we can just make things that look good and, and that's the other thing that way when people make things like that and the instructions are good enough they can make the food that looks that good and i'm sure everyone feels happy when they could do that and they're like this does look better than like Burger King or whatever or like just even if it's not even a brand you're just like I right. like insane like kung pao chicken like and it looks like a restaurant made it and it tastes better than a restaurant so um those are always the happiest moments to to be able to Yeah I've ready. always
0: wondered that when it when it came to like food uh you know content makers like do they do that as well but I mean authenticity is a big thing nowadays you know especially um but yeah that's really awesome that you know you're able to stay true to your, you know, the food that you make and mm-hmm. what you want to.
1: Yeah. Oh. One last thing I'd say on that is the, um, the, uh, oh, shoot, what? I just had it and then we froze up. Um, uh, no, I don't know if I remember it. <laughs> no, no
0: worries. no worries. Well, it was great having you on. I really appreciate you, you know, taking time out of Marsh. your day and, you know, I know you have a million things to do. Um, okay. It was great doing this episode and I, I hope hopefully i can have you on again um yeah, where can people find you on social media if they want to reach out to you
1: yeah it'll just be vikram films so v-i-c-r-a-m and then films those are my handles on everything um also josh's channel is joshua Wiseman. i'm on there a lot uh, i was on today's episode you,
0: <laughs> <of there>. um, <laughs> you guys went to I, chicago <laughs> yeah that was
1: fun that was a lot of fun um but yeah dude thanks for having me i'd love to be on again
0: that's it for today's episode i will catch you on the next episode of the flytrap podcast